Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. J.T. DeVolt with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning. It's 10.30 a.m. Eastern, live. You know what that means? It's time to come together, talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living a high-performance, high-altitude life. And I say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever time it is for you, no matter where you might be tuning in from on the Big Blue Marble. Thanks for joining me here each and every single Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. And as always... The High Altitude Mentorship Show brought to you by FlyWithJT.com. That's FlyWithJT.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, as well as stay connected to everything going on in the high-altitude community. And by the way, we do the High Altitude Mentorship Show five days a week. We just do the one live here each Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. You can catch all the recorded calls that we do, all the recorded episodes of the show, by going to JTDebolt.com forward slash podcast. You can catch us there. We talk about a lot of great stuff as far as, uh, you know, living that high-performance life, what it takes to be a high performer, whether you're building a business, whether you're building a strong body, whether you're building a family, whatever it is, uh, we will uh, help you with that and get you to that next level in business and life. You know, as kids, we were raised to mind our manners, to do as we were told, to stay in line, to be good little boys and girls, right? And if you stepped out of line, boy, I'll tell you what, (laughs) <laughs> there was always a consequence, right? It didn't matter if it was coming from a school teacher or if it was coming from some person of authority, a parent, could be anybody. And later, we were told that we were supposed to work hard, go, go to a good school, get good grades, get a solid job, stick around for retirement, and then if you're lucky, you can spend the rest of your days sort of blissfully retired. And what's crazy is that we all know, or we're beginning to be awakened to the fact that that's not necessarily the way it's going to turn out. Now, for some people it is, but you have to be, you know, in some cases you've got to be very, very careful about the type of career you choose. I know a lot of people who are pathetically disappointed, like hate their jobs, but they're sticking with it because they're going to stick around to get the retirement. And that's not the way to live a life, especially when it's the best years of your life. If you're in your 20s through your 40s, 50s, even into your 60s, and you're hanging on that long, that's 40 years of your life guaranteed to be used doing something else that you don't want to be doing, working for somebody else, doing something that is not in alignment with who you really are at the, at the, at the core, at the DNA level. More and more, though, people are starting to see that that's no longer the way to go. They're starting to see that the path of building their own business, doing what they want to do, you know, following, following their passion is important. Now, listen, I want to say one thing on that concept of following your passion, though. There's a lot of people out there, the woo-woo gurus, as I like to call them, that have this very, what I think is irresponsible call to action, and that is follow your bliss. I don't think that's a good answer. I don't think that's the way to be. Follow your bliss because... All of a sudden, what if your bliss is something that isn't going to really put food on the table? Well, the woo-woo gurus are going to tell you that's okay, right? 
these sort of people that just want anyway listen sometimes if you want to live a high performance life you got to do the hard work the stuff that sucks right and that means that we have to find that mental toughness that grit deep inside of us to suck it up and keep pushing pushing on and so my challenge to that is i see a lot of this happening in the personal development world you know this kind of woo woo message of follow your bliss here's what i'd say let your bliss follow you Work so hard that your bliss, that thing you love to do, chases you, and you have the opportunity to, to do it. You know, what if your bliss is surfing? My bliss, personally, is mountain biking. I love to ride my mountain bike. But if I lived closer to the ocean, we live uh, about five minutes, seven minutes, really, from the, uh, the Puget Sound. So I can, literally, I can hear the ferry boats from my house. It's pretty awesome. I can smell the sea air. But there's really no surf. If I live closer to the surf, I can pretty much tell you I'd probably be a surfer. I could, I could definitely wrap my head and heart around surfing. But I'm a five-minute bike ride from the, uh, from, the, from the mountain bike trails. So I love that. That's kind of a blissful thing for me. But I'm not going to follow that. That's not what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Can you imagine that if, you know, if I was riding my mountain bike nonstop pretty soon, it would get very boring? Whatever your bliss is, now I'm not saying you can't go out there and make a living at it. If your bliss is acting and you want to be a Hollywood actor, go for it. If your bliss is music and you want to be a concert pianist, let it rip. I love to play my electric guitar. I love to ride my mountain bike, but those are things that I reserve for the times when I really want to release and unload and unwind. And so this kind of is, is a little bit of a tangential conversation, but I, we're going to get to really the, the topic for the day. Because it's important that we question authority from time to time. Even if those authority figures are telling us what we want to hear, which a lot of them do, right? These woo-woo gurus are out there telling people, oh, follow your bliss. But they're saying it from a place of irresponsibility because there's no consequence for them to say it. It sells a lot of books, tapes, and, and all that other stuff for them to line their pockets, right? But it's not, they're not in the position of the person, quote, following their bliss, to me, I think we have to ask deeper questions. When people are telling us these things, we've got to be willing to ask the question. What if I told you that questioning authority was not only a powerful accountability tool, but it also has uh, health benefits, really, for leadership and for organizational and individual growth? It does. Case in point, it literally saved my life back in, I want to say, 2007. Let me set this up. I was flying. I was uh, stationed in San Diego, California. Had one of the greatest jobs in the U.S. Navy. I flew a little twin-engine turboprop prop, uh, Beach King Air, and uh, it was awesome. It was a great job. I had cool people working for me. I was working around some some pretty good good people. And what was amazing is that. Uh, I loved what I did. Every single morning, I'd wake up with a smile on my face, knowing that I could drive across the Coronado Bridge, go fly this little hot rod, and uh, have a great life. I was a combat-decorated naval aviator. I had over 16 hours of flight time, and uh, which is not a lot, but it's, it's quite a bit. I mean, it's, you're definitely at a level of proficiency at that point. There's a lot of people that have far more than that. But uh, at 1,600 hours, you really have your stuff dialed in. And I remember I was flying a routine mission, just a... a um, a logistics flight, really, with my commanding officer, who at the time was a captain in the U.S. Navy, which is like an 06, way up there, you know, a high-ranking officer. He has since gone on, gone on to become a vice admiral. But uh, he, too, was a combat-decorated pilot, so between the two of us, we had decades of experience, both in leadership and in aviation. And here we are, thousands of hours of flight time, 
you know, experience between the two of us. And we're going to fly into a simple, we're flying out of San Diego, California, and we're flying into Fresno, California for a meeting. He's going to, he's got a meeting. And uh, we're flying in, and actually, come to think of it, we were there to pick some people up. I think that's what we were doing. Anyway, it's not really important. <laughs> the point is we're flying into Fresno. And here's the key about it, though. Fresno is sort of inland. It's not, it's not anywhere close to the beach. It's not anywhere close to the coast. And so it would get this, like, thick layer of fog that would come in. And this was kind of still early in the morning. It's probably about 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning when we shot the approach into Fresno. So we're shooting the approach into Fresno. His job is he's going to fly the airplane. He's actually manipulating the controls. I am sitting in the right seat of the cockpit, and I'm backing him up, which means my hands are gently touching the controls, but I'm not physically flying the airplane. I'm just there to be his accountability partner, right? I'm there to back him up. And so my job is he's flying the instruments because you can't see. We're in the goo now. We're flying through clouds. And we're heading towards the ground, and he's flying this thing. He's looking at his instruments. I'm actually looking out the window from time to time. I'm checking his instruments, but I'm the one looking out the window. My primary job is to, number one, make sure that he's doing his job, and number two, that as soon as we break out of the clouds, I say, hey, I got the field in sight, then he can transition from flying off instruments to flying visual. It's something we practice to all the time. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, there was this, I, it was just the craziest thing. This is a, now, and I'll put you in this position. Imagine your superior officer, your boss, you, the two of you are doing something that's very, you know, kind of intense, could be at work, could be in your business, could be whatever it is. And that person, your boss is in charge. They're doing the physical thing. Your job is just to kind of be there as a sanity check, right? Quality assurance, if you will, for the, for the job being done. All of a sudden, your boss does something out of character, something that could put you in danger, something that could put the company, the organization in danger. What do you do? Do you speak up or do you kind of hesitate? Do you think about it? Do you process in your mind? Here's what happened. My commanding officer, who's one of the most gifted aviators and gifted leaders I ever had the privilege of serving with, a tremendous human being, a great man, suddenly, for no reason really, pulls the throttle back more than he should. When he pulled the throttle back, it's essentially like taking your foot off the gas pedal. The airplane needs that throttle, that thrust, to fly through the air. And when you take your hand off the thrust or when you pull the thrust back, the airplane literally falls out of the sky. And so we come plummeting out of the sky for an instant. It really wasn't very long. We break out of the clouds. I look up, and I'm looking directly at a tree. And basically, we had a couple of hundred feet, maybe less than that, before we plowed into the ground. Without even thinking about it, I slam my fist all the way forward, pushing the throttles as far as they'll go. We came within just a few feet of smashing into the ground. He and I both recognized, I mean, the, the stress level was intense. We both recognized that we were literally seconds away from death. Now, he had children in college and one in high school getting ready to graduate. I had just become a father for the second time. My baby boy, Max, was only a few weeks old, and we both almost became, you know, <laughs> getting the American flag draped over our coffins that day. Very close to dying, extremely close. One of the closest calls I ever had in aviation, and that wasn't even a combat mission. I was flying into Fresno, frickin' California, for crying out loud. But here's the key to this. The reason, one of the key aspects to the, to the reason why we survived that day 
Number one, obviously, was the training and the discipline that went into flying military aircraft. But the second one was the ability to question authority, to not hesitate, to not think, well, he's got it, right? I mean, he's the, he's the boss. He's the commanding officer. Who am I to call him out? My first gut reaction, and it took less than the blink of an eye, was to slam my hands all the way forward and yell, power. And I added the power, and he climbed out, and he, I mean, we were both, like, it just, it was one of the most terrifying moments that either one of us had had in our careers. We came so close to dying that day. So close. Unbelievably close. So, yes, even in the military, questioning authority, when it's done correctly, can be an effective tool for forward progress. The question is, how much are you questioning those that you see as authorities, whether it be in business, politics, whatever it is? How much are we questioning those people that we put on a pedestal? And why are we putting them on a pedestal in the first place? There's a few things to consider when it comes down to questioning authority. I'm telling you right now, one of the strongest assets you can have as a leader to develop yourself as a high performer, business, career, life, relationships, is to question authority. There's a way to do it and a way not to do it. We'll talk a little bit about that. First thing is, is that questioning is not designed to be a personal attack. When you question somebody's authority, it's not a personal attack on them. Okay? It's not saying you're wrong. You're not telling the person, hey, you know, you're not smart enough or, or, or even, even that I disagree with you. The question is we're, we're seeking understanding. If the authority figure, on the other hand, gets defensive or angry, then frankly they lack leadership. And they sadly might be hiding something. And so it's very important. They might be hiding their ego. They might be hiding an insecurity, whatever it is. So you've got to be careful. Now, if I go back to my flying days, I actually had an aircraft commander, somebody that when I was a junior pilot, I was learning how to fly the P-3 Orion. There was a guy who you could not question his authority. I won't say his name because, you know, he's a decent human being. But the thing is, is that he had such a huge ego and such a massive amount of insecurity and he was working to progress his career that when we, anytime his authority was questioned, he would become very defensive and very difficult to be around. That's terrible leadership. I've seen this happen in business. In fact, I've seen multimillionaire entrepreneurs, the minute you question their authority, they go high into the right. They start going into this place of self-defense. They start thinking that you're attacking them personally. Now listen, when we question authority, the idea is not to point something out and to, to, to call somebody on their flaws. The question is to say, why are we doing this? Is there a better way to do this? Just because somebody is an authority in some area does not mean that everything they say is right. Here's the key. Questioning brings out what I think of is, you think of it like innovation. It's it, innovation, progress, new growth, any of that stuff. When you question somebody or when you question the way things have always been done, all of a sudden we open the door to thinking bigger, thinking outside the box. If we subscribe to the, but that's the way we've always done it mentality, we're literally setting ourselves up for failure, for catastrophe. One thing I will tell you is crazy, as, as crazy as it may sound in a very structured, disciplined, militaristic uh, you know, scenario or you know. Uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, culture that the U.S. Navy has, we were encouraged to tell, you know, call the king out. When the king's not wearing any clothes, you got to tell him, hey, I had a commanding officer, a great guy. His name was uh, Anthony Guyani. He's also a vice admiral now. 
great guy. He was the one that always said, hey, if the king's not wearing any clothes, I want to know about it, meaning he wanted us to tell him if he was making critical errors in judgment. And it's difficult. It takes a lot of courage. It takes having your facts straight to call out and question authority. We're not talking about being a loudmouth hothead, right? We're not talking about being that person in the back of the room that's just sort of being the, uh, you know, the, the rabble rouser, the one that's, that's trying to cause somebody to lose their, their, their focus. It's not that. When you question authority, you're thinking critically. And honestly, I think that's one of the major things outside of leadership that's missing these days. People have stopped thinking critically. They start accepting things. They start doing this sort of groupthink. Sort of going with the crowd. The old, the, you know, there's a saying that come, that's, that's been fairly new. It's not an old saying, but it's fairly new. At least it's, it's gotten a lot of traction lately, and that is sheeple. And the reference to people acting like sheep, they'll just follow blindly, being fo- you know, blind followers of anybody of influence that says anything. It was funny is in my industry, personal development, you'll see this a lot. Some you know, well-known guru comes out and says, hey, this is how you set goals. I'm the guy that comes out, and I've said this many times, and I've come under attack for it. Goal setting sucks. If you guys read Flight Plan to Success, you know that I teach a different methodology, a way that you can actually achieve goals instead of just setting goals. What's, what's the point in setting goals if you don't have an actionable, actionable plan in place? And so for years, people have been selling stuff like law of attraction and goal setting and all this other crap. And I call them on the, on, the, on the carpet for it. I question their, quote, authority. Where did you get the information for that? What's your, what is your empirical data that backs up what you're saying actually working? And very few of them can back it up. And what's crazy is the sheeple, those blind people that follow the same doctrine and dogma for years, they don't want to hear it because it's too cozy and comfortable, even if they know that they're being led right, off the primro- right through the primrose path off the cliff. They're cool with that. Just don't tell them about it until after they hit the bottom. Don't be one of those people. Questioning authority brings out innovation. It brings out open thought. It brings out this idea that, hey, maybe we're not doing things the way we could be doing, or maybe we could be doing it in a better way. Very important questions to be asking ourselves. Next is just because a person has clout does not make them infallible. doesn't matter what they are. It, you see this a lot with people that get really riled up about these presidential candidates, right? They think that their candidate is infallible, and they become blind to realizing that they're all more or less the same person. You know, they're pitching a different thing. They're talking about a a different – they may counter one another on ideas, but essentially it's the same person. So don't think one person's better than the other, holier than thou. It's not – that's not how it works. Same goes with anything. See, your boss, anybody that you hold in a high level of esteem, including me, I've said this to people, even my clients, I'm like, listen, question me. If you don't like what you read, if you don't like what you hear, if you don't like what, what I say, then question it. Ask questions all the time. JT, does it have to be that way? JT, is that true? I'm totally open to that. That's what strong leaders do. They say, bring it on. Because if you question it, if you say, listen, I'm not saying you're wrong here, but I'm questioning and asking you, or you're saying, hey, I think you might be completely wrong. It's important because it keeps us both on point. It keeps us both focused, and it keeps us pointed in the right direction. Be a leader instead of a follower. Be somebody who doesn't just accept the status quo because, well, that's what the authority figures are saying. You've got to be willing to think critically, keep your head on a swivel, and constantly be asking yourself, what if? Is this really true? What if this person's wrong? What if there's a different way? What if there's a different perspective that I'm missing? What if the opposition is right? 
Very important. But finally, here's, I think, a part that we all need to remember. Don't be a jerk about it, right? Jerk was the nicest word I could come up with. Be a leader, not a jerk. There's a big difference between being a leader and being somebody who's just a loudmouth fool that's out there trying to create problems, trying to create a fight, trying to create divisiveness. We don't need more division. We need more people coming together, and we come together by not just going down the primrose path primrose path blindly, right? We come together by saying as a united front, listen, let's do this together as a team. Let's talk about what's working, what's not working. How can we make it better? Does it always have to be this way? Or can we create a different path for the future? High performers know that it's about leadership. And leadership says sometimes we have to question authority, even our own authority. We have to be willing to put ourselves out there on the chopping block, in front of the target, in front of the firing squad, and say, take your best shot at me because it's possible that I don't have all the answers. That comes from both me, from you, and from every single person that we run into today and every single day. Allow yourself to question authority. Again, not from a place of just trying to be a pain in anybody's ass, not from a place of just trying to be rebellious, but coming from a place of a critical thinker that's constantly concerned about and focused on forward progress and making the world great and being the best example of yourself you can be each and every single day. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show each and every single Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Get yourself over to jtdebolt.com forward slash podcast and listen to the recorded versions of all the other calls we do. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, Fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you soon.